You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I am so excited this morning to share a message that God um, has just put in my heart, and I really feel like it's a now word. There's a lot of incredible messages and a lot of maybe other messages that maybe I wanted to talk about, but I really feel that God has given me a word that's for now. It's a word, um, a prophetic message. And what that means, it's, it's for now and it's also for where we're going. And so you might be there today, but you might be heading there and you don't even know it. And I love about God is he's the only one that can see around the corner. He's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the beginning and the end. So we don't know, but he knows. And I believe today he wants to equip us with some things that are going to really carry us into this next season. And um, so a little bit about me. You guys maybe have heard a little bit of my story before, but there was a pretty prolonged season of my life where I felt like I was sleepwalking through life. Has anyone ever been there? Kind of like a shell of a person, and you've gone through some things, and you're still going, but you're just a little bit empty inside, and you feel like life has sort of gone out of you. And, you know, when I came, I'd gone through some situations that were pretty traumatic for me, and they left me with um, dealing with this really heavy thing of mental health and anxiety and depression and panic attacks and all of this stuff. And, um, but I came into Awakened Church. And something happened to me, you guys. And I know some of you in the room, the same thing has happened to you. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it's going to happen for you. But something shifted for me. Not only did I get healed from some things that I'd gone through in my past, but I also got delivered from some demonic forces that were tormenting my mind and holding me back, some strongholds that had tried to take a grip on me and take me out. I got set free. But I also got put into this incredible community with, honestly, my best friends and family that we do life with that could stand next to me, hold me up and really carry me when I needed it the most. And God has done something in me where I feel like he gave me my vision back. He gave me my hope back. There was a time in my life where I couldn't imagine turning another year older because all that meant, my birthday meant like another year I have to endure and pretend that everything is okay. And I kept thinking, how am I gonna, what happens after my kids, you know, graduate from school? Like then, then how am I gonna make it through? And I, I could just never envision the future with hope. But when God did all of this for me, and if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Somebody say amen. He began to restore vision. He began to restore hope. And he connected me to my purpose. And now what I say is there's really not enough years for me to do all the things that God has put on the inside of me and for me to see all the vision that he's given me come to pass. And so I really feel like God activated me. And that's the word I felt for this morning. And I feel like the Holy Spirit sent me this morning as just a vessel and a messenger from him to activate you. So somebody say, let's get activated this morning. The title of my message is, It's Your Time. I want you to look to someone next to you and say, it's my time. Tell your other neighbor, it's my time. With a little bit of sass this morning. In Ecclesiastes, the Bible tells us there is a time for everything under the sun. It says a time for everything, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. It says there is a season, a time appointed for everything, and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, 
a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up is lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There is an appointed time for every activity and purpose under heaven. And in case you haven't noticed, we are currently not living in a time of peace in our world, in our nation, in our country, in our cities. This is not peacetime, but we are in a time for war. And that doesn't have to be a scary thing. That doesn't have to be this big dramatic thing, but it's just where we find ourselves in history. And, you know, the thing about history, we don't get to choose what time we're born in, right? We don't get to choose what decade, what season, what's going on in the world, but God chose us for this hour and for this time. And the only thing we get to choose is our role in history and where we're gonna stand. And in this season, in this hour, in the natural, but first in the supernatural, in the spiritual, we are in a time of war. And Pastor Katie's shared on it before at prayer and, and, and up here, and if you kind of look into it and get on the internet. I mean, I don't know what you're going to find on there, but um, there are some articles and some people out there saying that we are in a cold war in our world right now. It's not a war of weaponry and artillery and, and armies and soldiers that are dispatching like World War I and World War II, but we are in a cold war where it is a war of good and evil. And it's a war of ideologies, of two different ideologies. And it has never been a time where not just our nation, but our world has been more divided on what is going on and where we fall and where we stand. It's a war on our children's innocence. It's a war on our personal liberties and our freedoms. There is an absolute war going on in the natural and in the spiritual. And here we are, you and I, today, living in this hour and in this time. And I think it's pretty obvious that there's some stuff going on out there, but I know there's people in here this morning in a room this size, there's probably a lot of us that we're going through a war in our own home and under our own roof. And there's wars that we're fighting in our marriage for our children. There's wars that we're fighting even on the inside of us. And like I shared already a little bit in our mind, in that battle in our mind. And some of it, you know, there's a lot of layers when we go through stuff like that of trauma and healing and deliverance and all of these things. But the thing about when you're going through that battle battle in your mind is you can't escape it, right? If you have a battle with like your extended family, it's like, we're not coming for Christmas, right? Like we're just going to like be over here doing our own thing. But when you have a battle in your own mind, wherever you go, there you are and you cannot escape yourself. And that was, I think the most hopeless thing about that season of my life where I just felt, I think I thought maybe I'm just really stressed and I need to take a vacation. So then I'd go to Hawaii and I'm like, nope, I'm still here, <laughs> and then maybe I need to go to Mexico. Babe, we're going to go to Mexico. We're not taking the kids. It's just going to be you and I. I'm going to feel so much better, and I'd be in Mexico having a panic attack in the bathroom. I'm like, nope, I'm still here. The problem is me. It is not the rest of my life or anything going on outside outside, it's going on in here. But the biggest lie that the enemy wants to tell us when we go through something like that, when we find ourselves in a time of war or a battle in our personal life or even in our nation, is that we are helpless against the power of the enemy, that we have to, there's this attitude, I think sometimes where we forget who we are, we forget how big God is, and it happens to all of us, where we just give up. And we just say, this is the way that it's always going to be. And you know, 
maybe God did it for them or for someone else, but this is just what my life is going to be. And I feel like God is saying, it is not just your time, but it is your time to fight. And I saw this vision of our church and of you here this morning, and it was a vision of putting on war paint. And I saw our faces, and we were putting on war paint, and the Lord was showing me that it is time for battle. It is time for war. And there's something about us as believers and as Christians that makes us different than everyone else in a time of war. We can't live the way we lived when it was a time of peace. Some people actually that are... um, It says in the Bible, when you have not been born again, you can't see the kingdom. So you're literally blind to some things that are going on in the spirit. That's why you might be talking to people and you're like, they literally cannot see what I see. And it's so frustrating, but it's kind of not their fault because they're not born again. And so there's scales on their eyes and they cannot see what makes so much sense to us, right? But when we experience the Holy Spirit, we begin to see things differently. We begin to discern what is going on. We can understand the times and the seasons. In Ecclesiastes, we know that there's a time and there's a season for everything under heaven. And so it is time, my friends, to fight. It is time to fight. Um, We're going to go through one of my favorite stories in the Bible, one of the greatest battles of all time. I'm sure you can guess what it is. Any guesses? There we go. You were in the first service. You got it. A plus. David and Goliath. And it's an incredible um, story that I'm sure everyone in the room has some sort of experience or familiarity with. Um, But it wasn't just a little Sunday school flannel graph battle of, you know, cute little David and the big Goliath and he hits him with a stone and, you know, yay, the battle's over. There is a lot in this story that I feel like is a word for now. And it's actually a reflection of exactly what is going on in our world today. There's this spirit of fear, spirit of intimidation that's come against the people of God and that's come against our nation, that's come against our world. And it's like hovering. Pastor Jurgen preached a message recently about the strong man and there's, um, literally demonic forces that occupy different regions in different areas, and there's a spirit of fear that we're all facing right now in our world. Uh, But I believe that it's time to fight, and we're going to get into it today. Um, Before we do, I just want to say there are some battles in your life that nobody else can fight for you. And this is a little bit of a reality check sometimes. And I think one of the reasons that we stay so stuck in things that we've been fighting for a long time and we go around the same mountains, we get a little bit better, and then we just kind of come around the same things and it's the same cycles. And I pray for people up here all the time that said, I've been going through this for 40 years. I've been going through this for 50 years and I've never been able to get over it. And I think sometimes we go around and around because we're waiting for someone else to fight the battle for us. And we're waiting even for God to come in and do something in a moment and to fight the battle and to rescue us out of something that he is training us to fight. There's a verse in 2 Samuel 22, it says, he trains my hands for battle. And so sometimes we're going through something that feels really heavy and we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait and we we even pray and we do all these things, but we're just waiting for God to do it for us. And he's saying, I wanna train you for battle because this is not gonna be your first rodeo. And there's gonna be things that you have to fight on the other side of this that are for you and that are for other people. And so some of the victories that he gives us, if he gave it to us in a moment, it wouldn't mean the same. It wouldn't equip us to actually step into the real battles and the real things that he's called us to. So we're gonna get there in a minute. But um, some of us have been waiting for God to save us and fix it and he's trying to train us. So. I want to lean in to that today. So point number one, 
We're called to fight the battles that everybody else is afraid to fight. And this is for us as Christians. This is what we're called to do, to fight things that other people are afraid to touch. And so I want to the story of David and Goliath is very, very long, and I encourage you to go and to read in 1 Samuel 17 um, because it's really going to inspire you and um, equip you for some of the battles that you're facing. But I'm going to tell you just a brief summary. So this is a time in Israel where Saul is king, and they have an enemy. The Israelites have an enemy, you know, the people of God, the kingdom of Israel. Um, they're the Philistines. And among the Philistines was a race of real men and women, apparently, I've never thought about the woman part of this, of giants that walk the earth, okay? We think all giants are these big dudes, right? I guess there had to be women in this race also. Anyway, that's for another time. But if you Google it, you're going to go down a rabbit hole, and it's really there. It's the sons of Anak, uh, the Nephilim, and Pastor Jurgen. I got to hear him talk about this, and I was like, wow, this is incredible. So Goliath really roamed the earth, and there's been, been skeletons that have been uncovered of these giant men that were like nine feet, some theologians say 11 feet tall. And so they lived among the Philistines. And so the Israelites had been occupying this territory, but under King Saul's leadership, he had been slowly compromising, and he had been slowly doing things that were contrary to the way God wanted things. And so he'd been disobeying little by little by little, and he began to give up parts of his territory because he'd been allowing influences and counsel that were not of God. And so I feel like that's another picture of what's gone on in our nation, that the people that are leading our nation have, you know, led a life of compromise or slowly opened the door to other things that are not the voice of truth and the voice of who God is. And so these enemies had been advancing and they'd been advancing and they'd been advancing. And so the Philistines weren't there overnight. They'd been coming and they'd been taking territory and they find themselves in the Valley of Elah. And it's this low valley. If you Google it, you can see pictures of it even today. And it looks like a stadium almost. So there's like this stadium seating almost on both sides. And so we have the Israelites and King Saul on one side. We have the Philistines coming up from the south on the other side, and they'd encamped against one another, these two armies. And so every day for 40 days, this giant behemoth of a man, Goliath, nine feet, possibly 11 feet tall, would come out and he would taunt the people of God. And he would mock their God and he would mock their leadership and he would challenge them to fight him. And so he was inspiring fear and intimidation and anxiety. And every day, morning and night, this is the voice that the Israelites heard. And he would say, you know, send out you know, your bravest soldier to fight me and winner takes all. If I win, you guys serve us. If you guys win, we'll serve you. But he said it knowing that there was nobody as big as him um, to fight. And side note, Saul was actually head and shoulders above the rest of his troops. So he was actually, the king was actually the one that should have been fighting Goliath. But we see that something has happened between, there's a difference between um, Saul and David that we're going to get into in a minute. So for 40 days, Goliath is taunting and he's inspiring fear and he's speaking all these lies and he's harassing and tormenting the Israelites. And so it says in verse 23, actually we're going to back up. So in the middle of this, Jesse, David's father, he's got seven sons, David's the youngest, his older sons, so David's older brothers are at the battle lines. So they're amongst this group that's hearing Goliath every day, and he's like, it's been 40 days. What's going on? Where is everybody? Is the battle happening? Is it over? So he sends for his youngest son, David, who is actually a shepherd out keeping the sheep in the back of his father's house, in the, in the pastures. And he says, make some sandwiches. Go to your brother's first thing tomorrow morning. 
deliver them some Uber Eats, check out what's going on, and let me know. So David wakes up early, he packs the sandwiches, he goes on his merry way to go deliver these sandwiches to his brother. And so he shows up and he sees what's going on, and he's sort of like, wait, he hears Goliath, and he hears him saying all these insults, and he's like, wait, no one's going to do anything about this? He's like, this has been going on. What is wrong with you guys? He, he steps to the battlefield. Somebody say it was David's time. It was David's time. He came out of his little ordinary, what he was doing, and he found himself on a battlefield, and he looked at this giant, and there was something different about David than there was about King Saul and the Israelites. It says in verse 23, as he talked with them, so he's talking with the soldiers and with his brothers, and it says, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before, and David heard them. But it tells us right before when Saul and the Israelites heard Goliath's words, it says they were terrified and deeply shaken. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and they were much afraid. So we see the Israelites, they hear the voice of Goliath. It says, and they heard him and they were shaken and deeply afraid and they ran and they fled. But David, as he talked with them, Goliath came out and David heard him. And what does David do? David goes to King Saul, and his response is, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. And I'm like, you know, we know the story. This is not normal. This doesn't seem like a normal response. He says, I'll fight him. And it goes on and on. Even when Goliath, the moment of the battle's coming, it's a long story, you guys. I'm trying to, like, get us through all the good parts, all the highlights. But even as Goliath is coming out to meet David, it says he came out from among the ranks, and David ran to meet him. And I just know there is a different spirit that is on David than the spirit that was on Saul. And I feel like we find the answer in the chapter right before, and we're going to get into it. 1 Samuel 16, David gets anointed to be the future king. So he's not king yet, but the prophet, the man of God, had gone to Jesse's house to anoint the future king. And it says, so David stood there among his brothers, and Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. The very next verse. Now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul because he had begun to disobey God. And the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. And so we see here that the difference is David was filled with the spirit of God. And we know that David, he could have chosen to serve in court under King Saul, but he chose to take care of the sheep in his father's house and to spend time in the presence of God. And he was chosen by God for this battle. So he was filled with God's spirit. And I know as Christians, we are coming into a time, we're already in it, whether we like it or not, that there's gotta be something different about us. There has to be a different spirit on us in this hour and in this time. And if we're going to win any battles, if we're going to take any ground, if we're going to stop the, the enemy from advancing any further, we need to be able to recognize when it's a spirit of fear or a spirit of intimidation or it's an enemy coming against us, we need to be able to say, I'll fight him. Come on, I'll fight him. In the book of Judges, it talks about the leaders in Israel and it talks about them as volunteers for battle. The people that had the spirit of God on them in the Bible, the heroes that we read about in the Bible, their, their confession, the way that their brain worked, the way that their mind processed things, when they saw the enemy, they said, I'll fight him. They didn't run in fear. They didn't cower, but they said, I'll fight him. And, you know, to be honest, Marco and I, at the beginning of 2020, when all of this craziness was breaking out, um, we 
would have maybe been in the camp of Saul and the Israelites for a little while there, hearing the voice of the enemy and hearing the threats of, you know, this sickness and everything that was breaking out and that was going on. I think we were all probably there a little bit in those first few months. What's happening? What's happening? But we are people of God and we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We know who we are and we have the discernment to know what is going on in every battle. It's never against flesh and blood, but it's always against principalities and powers in the unseen world. And so we would have been with those Israelites running and trembling in fear and hiding. But something happened to us over the course of 2020, and the Lord reminded us of who we are. And we began to be filled with the Spirit of God and to begin to discern the times and discern what was going on. Like David could discern that this Goliath, he was just a bully. He was a spirit of fear and intimidation that had come to just torment, literally torment and harass the people of God. And I know that there is something different about David because in the chapter before when he gets anointed king, he knew that if God had anointed him to be the future king, there is no way if he stepped out to fight Goliath that Goliath could kill him because that would have meant that God was a liar. And so he had the revelation that God was a God who kept his promises. And as the people of God, we need to have that same revelation that we can approach some of the enemies that are coming against us. And I know even as I opened up, there were some things that were coming to the surface for you of some things that you're fighting in your home, in your family, in your marriage. Maybe it's your physical health and a diagnosis, or maybe it's like me and it's your mental health and you find yourself in that valley of Elon, you're in the middle of the battle and you hear the voice of the enemy taunting you. But what promises has God given you that you are to fight for now? Because every promise that God gives us, God is not like man that he should lie, but every time he gives us a promise, he keeps his promise. And so what are some of the promises that God has given you that it's time to fight for? that it's time to fight for because every promise is gonna be contested. Every promise is gonna come with a fight. It's not gonna be, this is the promise and it's gonna come today and everything's gonna be easy. But God has called us as Christians to fight for the promises of God, to rise up with courage in this hour and in this time and to say, I'll fight him, I'll fight him. I'll take down whatever that thing is that is standing in the way of me and my promise and me and my destiny. We can only fight the battles that we're anointed to win. So I just wanna read this really briefly. First Samuel 16, this is the moment that David is anointed and he's got seven brothers. And the Lord speaks to Samuel, the man of God, the prophet, and says, go anoint the future king from Jesse's home. And so they bring out the oldest, biggest, most handsome son, Eliab. And he looks at him and he says, no, that's not the one. Brother number two, brother number three, four, five, six, This is not the one, he's not the one, he's not the one. The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? And he says, well, they're still the youngest. He's out in the field watching the sheep. He says, send for him at once. Jesse sent for him, he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes and the Lord says, this is the one, anoint him. And so David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Like David, you 
are anointed and chosen by God for this battle. You did not find yourself in this battle on accident. This is not a battle that somebody else is anointed to come and to fight for you, but you have been chosen by God and he has put his spirit on you to not just fight this battle, but to take the head off of the giant. See, David didn't just push the territory back. He didn't just put the en push the enemy territory back, but he took down Goliath, the sling and the stone, but then for good measure, just to make sure he was dead, he took, he cut, he took Goliath's own sword and he cut off his head. And I feel that's a prophetic picture of some of the things in the battles that you've been going round and round and round. And today is the day that you are gonna slay that giant. You are gonna cut off the head and you are gonna take it down for good. But you know, we cannot fight every battle, only the ones we know we're anointed to fight. So how do we know? What are the battles that we're anointed to fight? Because there's a lot of battles out there. There's a lot of causes. There's a lot of things that we could be doing with our time. There's no shortage of battles to fight. But the ones that we're anointed to win are the ones that God has called us to. And they're you don't actually have to go out looking for those, I promise you. They're gonna come to you. Just like David was out delivering the sandwiches and he heard the voice of Goliath and he said, wait a minute, something is wrong with this picture. I've gotta do something about it, I'll fight him. You're gonna be going about your life and you're gonna be going about things and you're gonna face something that's gonna require a fight. And I wanna put it this way. Some of us, if you've had a promise from God, you've gotten a promise in prayer or a prophetic word or in the Bible, but even if you haven't, but you have something in you that is believing for something that sees what you want your life to be and it looks different than where you are. I'll put it this way, that when you close your eyes, what you can imagine, the victory that you can imagine looks different than what you see when your eyes are open and you're looking at your real life. I wanna say you found your battle. If you've been believing for a child, a baby, ladies, couples in the room, and all you've seen week after week, month after month is just loss, you found your battleground. You found the very promise that God wants you to claim, the very promise that God wants you to fight for. If your marriage is falling apart at the seams, but you know that that is not God's will for you, you have found your battleground. If your kids are in public school right now and they are being indoctrinated by things that are not of God and you are tired of it, you have found your battleground. What are you believing for? For your family, for your home, that God has anointed you to fight and to contest and contend for the promise. And I have to say this, most of the battles we're gonna fight are gonna be in our own home. A lot of us are looking for this big revolution and this giant cause to put ourselves behind. But a lot of times it's because that's actually easier than the very thing that we have to do in our own house, in our own family and get things in order and the mess that happens behind closed doors. We all have it. So this isn't a condemnation thing this morning. But that's actually the revolution of our generation. That is the fight of our generation, to love our families, to be faithful to our spouses, to parent our children well with love and correction and discipline the way that the Lord has designed it, to protect them from the things of the enemy that are out there, to serve in the house of God, to wait until marriage to have sex, young people, so that your marriage will be blessed and you don't have to carry the baggage of when you do things that are outside of God's way. That is the revolution and the fight of this generation that God 
is waiting for us to rise up and to put on the war paint. The enemy has taunted us and tormented us just like the voice of Goliath for far too long. And there's too many of us that have been running in fear and we have been fleeing and we've been waiting for someone else to rise up just like Saul. He was meant to fight this battle but he had fear and he had disobeyed God and he did not have the courage to do it. So David had to do it. And there's some of us that this is your hour to rise up and to take the place. Maybe there is someone in your family before you that was meant to fight this battle, but they didn't do it. So it is your time. It is your time to fight for your children. And the last point, I'm gonna wrap us up. The battle and the victory is never just for us. So. I knew when I was going through that heavy season, and I, it was like about a decade, you guys, of just going around the same mountain of depression and anxiety and not being able to get free and feeling paralyzed and spending so much time laying in my bed, feeling hopeless. And I finally decided I couldn't live like this anymore. And usually you'll start to fight when the pain of, of what you have to do to get better and change outweighs the pain of, no, the other way. The pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of whatever it's gonna take to overcome it. And so I'd started to get to this point where I'm not living, I'm not being a mother to my children. This is not the life that God has for me. And we all have that sense as, as believers when we're in a reality that is not what God wants. We know this is not right and we can sense it just like David, this is not right when he heard Goliath's voice. And so I knew it wasn't right and I started to we went to some doctors and at first I was like, babe, just drop me off at some facility. Let them like do whatever they have to do. I was so desperate. I thought I was losing my mind. I was Googling, how do you know you're going crazy? And then what I heard, what, what came up was if you're Googling, if you're Googling, um, am I going crazy? You're not going crazy because people that are going crazy don't know they're going crazy. I was like, okay, well, at least there's that. I was like, whatever the step below that was then. <laughs> That's where I was at. And so I went to this facility where they like do this brain scan to see like the activity in your brain, if there's anything uh, blood flow wise that's just causing you to not be able to function properly. And so it's like my lowest point, lowest of the low. I'm strapped to this cold table. I had to go back by myself and they literally strap your head to the thing that they're going to slide you into this like CT scan. And so, and they're like, if you move, like even like a little twitch, we got to start over and do 40 more minutes of this. And so like, this is like the worst thing for people with anxiety, go in this little tunnel with your head strapped down and don't move. So I'm literally, I have nothing left, but to just say, God, why am I here? Why am I here? And I felt like I got my fight for the first time. And I felt like God began to show me this victory is not just for you, but this victory is for all the other people that are on the other side that are fighting too. And they need somebody to go first. They need somebody to run to the battle line and run out to Goliath and say, I'll fight him. To have the courage to say, I'll fight him. I'll take him down. I'm gonna run to the battle. And I specifically knew that with this battle that I was fighting, it was generational. This was not just about me. There were other people in my family that have had to fight this battle too, that I had watched suffered, watched suffer over the years. And I knew if I didn't win this battle now, then my kids were gonna have to fight it. And so every battle that God gives us, it is not just for us, but it is for the other people on the other side of it. It is for the next generation. And you know, when it says Goliath, taunted them for 40 days. The number 40 in the Bible talks a lot about a generation. So Noah was in the ark 40 days, 40 nights, 
that a new generation began on the earth. The, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years until the old generation of unbelievers died off and a new generation of people of faith could step into the promised land. Um, Saul, David, and Solomon all led and served as king for 40 years. So it talks about a generation. So when Goliath was doing this for 40 years, the battle that David stepped into, it wasn't just for his hour and for his time, but it was for the next generation. It was for the next generation of the people of God that he was going to rule for 40 years. And some of the battles that we're fighting now, they are for the next generation. And for some of us, if we haven't seen it yet, we're seeing it today for the first time. It seems like a small thing. Some of the things that you see maybe Awaken Church being loud about or Christians even around the world fighting against and you're like, what is the big deal? It doesn't really bother me. And I've heard that so many times. But what people like David understood and people that have the Spirit of God inside of them, they know that it's not just about this thing. And the thing about the Valley of Elam, we're gonna end right here, is that this was a gateway territory into the nation of Israel. So it wasn't just this one battle. David knew if they gave the enemy the Valley of Elah, he gave them everything. They gave them access to the very heart of the kingdom. And so some of the battles that we're fighting that seem small, it's actually just a gateway into the whole thing, into who we are, into our destiny, into our future, into the things that God wants us to step into. It's a gateway, it's a gateway. And so I want us to consider this morning, what are some of the gateway battles of our heart that we've been fighting? Is it a battle with fear? Is it a battle with purity? Is it a battle with our identity? Is it a battle, what is it? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Is it a battle in a poverty mentality that's been keeping your finances, keeping you under a ceiling? Have we believed the lie of the enemy that says we're powerless, there's nothing we can do about this, this is somebody else's fight? But I feel today, everything's changing. Come on, everything is changing for the people of God. And we're putting on our war paint and we're stepping in to the battle. And so I, if you're here this morning and you feel like God has spoken to you and there's been some things that you've been up against, some battles you've been fighting, and you feel the call today to be like David and to run to Goliath and to run to that battle line, I just want you to just to stand to your feet. Come on, let's do this. Come on, there's a lot of us in the room. You feel called to the battlefront of whatever it is you're going against. And I just believe as I pray, the Spirit of God is gonna come on you and courage is gonna rise on the inside of you. So God, I thank you for every person in this room this morning. God, I thank you that you are calling us to the battle line. God, you're calling us to put on our war paint and to see things differently. God, I thank you this morning. Mindsets are changing and they're shifting. This morning, breakthrough is happening. God, right now we just cancel every lie of the enemy that has told us that it's always gonna be this way and there's nothing we can do about it. God, we step into our authority. God, knowing that you have given us victory. God, that you have given us authority over all the power of the enemy. And we say greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. If God is for me, who or what can be against me? God, right now, I thank you for a mantle of courage. Courage. You would anoint your people with courage this morning in Jesus' name to step to the battle like it's already won, like you are with them, like this is the battle they're anointed to fight and to win. And God, in the spirit today, we take off the enemy's head of the enemy that has been raging and tormenting the minds of our people. 
God, specifically those with anxiety, depression, panic attacks, diagnoses of, of mental illness, mental health. Right now, we cancel every diagnosis. And God, I thank you right now for your healing, God, your deliverance. I prophesy and declare, God, that people in this room are gonna be activated into the purpose of God. They're gonna step out of the old into the new, and they're gonna fight this battle with you on their side. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.